Mosquito Mills all up on that Canada Dry. Well, if you drink anything else, it'd be sacrilege. Sacrilege. Are you? Well, yeah, that's fair. For him, it would be. Yeah. How? Well, because you're Canadian. Because you're Canadian. Yeah. You're not legally allowed to drink Schweppes without fear of being deported. I mean, I'm not legally allowed to drink Schweppes because it's disgusting. Shots fired. I've I've drank in Schweppes because it's like at the dollar store, like 80 cents a pop. So, yeah. It's not even good enough. It's not even good enough for the. It's not even good enough for the one dollar limit. There, they put it at eighty cents. That's how much it sucks. A one liter bottle for eighty two cents. What I say? Coming soon to the Tuggy Steak Podcast, new co-host. But until then, for now, hello, hi, we're back with another episode. I just made it a year. I just made it a year, and I'm already going to get replaced. Yeah, what well, apparently it? it's going to be a theme because one of the questions was, uh, are you bringing back podcast awards like the Sean William Scott award that we had, which was a lovely deed joke. And now it's been a year since he's been here. So every year rotating cast for seasons, you're out of here. <laughs> you're not. Right. Please, please don't go. We have so much fun together. It's like baseball, 100 pitches. You're out of there. I don't care how good you're doing. Oh, you know, Polina song. I don't care. I am the Tony La Russa of hockey podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care what kind of fucking no hitter you're throwing. You're out after 100 pitches. I will be dragged kicking and screaming into the new age of open thinking. (sighs) (laughs) He's just gone now, I guess. So I know. I just fucking left. We started the show. But hello, everybody. Again, we are back. A nice cold open for the podcast. Our final one a week podcast because training camps are open which means next week we begin our little division season previews it's gonna be a hell of a lot of fun but for now endo's back in the chair endo how are you back in your frame and back in action i'm tired that's it i'm just tired i had two games last night uh now i have uh two more games tonight uh, you know, just just trying to earn that earn that dollar because shit's that expensive, dollar. man. Yeah, earn that money. Shit's expensive. It is. Yes, expensive. It is. Sam, mm-hmm. how are you doing, my friend, in this world of expensive things? Yeah, I'm I'm doing okay. Yeah, I don't know. Besides that, just still doing my thing. Getting copywritten by your own. <laughs> yeah, but with my yeah. own fucking song on my YouTube channel, that's fun. <laughs> so pretty much, it doesn't know. Sin tried to put his own music onto his YouTube video. <laughs> he got copyright flagged. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I, I appealed once and like, oh, you can appeal again. Like, here's a legal thing to fill out. And I'm like, I'm not even going to risk it because I just like, I don't care enough about the mm. 1K views that I got on that video or whatever, like 20 bucks, whatever, throw it out the window. I just don't care enough about like <laughs> that to get an actual copyright strike on my channel. Like, I'm not trying to do that. The lovely world of trying to navigate YouTube, huh? Yeah. I mean, we just, uh, it's a lovely world that we uh, try to try to make our way through. But again, everybody, today, our final weekly epic, you know, uh, weekly episode, the, the recapping of the things that happened in the past week, because again, training camps are starting up. John Tortorella is already trying to bag skate his entire team to death so that they actually try which uh, Flyers fans seem to be pretty pumped about. I am so excited to be able to talk about the Flyers in full. We'll be talking about them today, 
for more negative reasons as opposed to uh, anything positive that Torts might get out of the lineup. But we got the Flyers to talk about. We got whether or not the Sharks are going to play in the Czech Republic. And of course, more NHL 23. But before we get down to business today to defeat the Huns, a friendly reminder, as always, that this podcast is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. You can use code TUGI at checkout for 20% off your order and free shipping to get the best tools for the job. Again, with our friends at Manscaped, head to toe, they got you covered, circular deodorant and all, as, uh, We've been riding that train for almost a year. Yeah. Just endo at, at every possible turn. Where is the circular deodorant? No, or did you don't, finally no, make your way don't get him started. Oh, my God. I was so I was I thought we crossed an important threshold. He, he didn't no. scramble around looking for it when you mentioned it. And then you had to do that. And now he's scrambling. Yeah, it's just it's kind of funny, you know, because he I always knows. Ah, sh- I okay. have body spray. Okay. I have body spray. Spray. <laughs> okay. Spray it oh, on no, the camera. Just... Show them how good quality. Is. Yeah, look at this. Hold on. Look at this. Look at oh, this fuck. shit. It's not, it's not going. Hold on. There we you just go. don't. Yeah. Okay. Full screen on this. Yeah. Hey, maybe it'll reduce his camera quality, so we don't have to wait twenty minutes every time after we record for him to render. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Manscaped.com. Code Tuggy. A big thank you to them as always. Let's get into some viewer questions. Uh, what is your favorite ginger ale? <laughs> that comes from uh cody from maine uh interesting interesting one there canada dry is the elite ginger ale but like yes. the disrespect the schweppes it's Shut not up. bad like people people are acting like it's a it's not good either <laughs> generic store brand cola like how dare you like just because it's not in the s tier doesn't mean it's in the f tier you know what yeah. I, would, I would drink some dr skipper before I would drink some Schweppes. Doctor, you never had Doctor Skipper. It was Safeway, or I, I don't know what it would be called elsewhere. Vons, I think, in most other places, Safeway slash Vons. It was they had Doctor Skipper, and it was just their store brand Doctor Pepper. I'm trying uh, to see, or maybe it was where Mr. is the Skipper. nearest? No, it was definitely Doctor Skipper. Let's see where is the if I can find where the nearest Safeway is to me because uh, look at Vons no. too. No, that's just not a. That is just not a thing. I don't know. If I don't know if they still it? have it. I remember it as a kid. Like, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair. Enough. I got nothing. I got nothing on Safeway. I don't have any of those here. There you go. I don't think I do either. Yeah. To our actual questions, let's start it off with two football questions. First, from Reds or Rebels, is Lions coach Dan Campbell the most exciting slash likable coach in pro sports? Is that the guy they always have to have wrangled on the sidelines, or is that the Rams guy? They have similar colors. I just don't care enough. There you go. <laughs> um, I mean, he, he he's excitable. He's a fun coach. Um, y'all said Giants head coach Brian Dable, the whitest man uh, alongside myself, dancing oh. in a locker room after the Giants went one and zero. They're now two and zero. Um, you know, there, there's some interesting ones. Bill Belichick, very very exciting, likable coach. Let's put him in the top guy on the planet. <laughs> I love he all is. the memes. Every he time is. they show like some drunk guy doing something crazy, someone's in the comments with that Bill Belichick looking through binoculars gif of like he's like scouting the dude. Like it's the best thing ever. Like how many yeah. other NFL head coaches have been memed like in his hoodie? Like 
<laughs> like, they, like they memed Bill Belichick to look Belichick. like Palpatine with his hood up. <laughs> like yeah. how many other coaches have gotten the Palpatine treatment? That's you know? very true. Oh, oh, God true. bless that man. Like literally, it's an autofill if you search Bill Belichick Palpatine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's the best. Uh, but yeah, no, I think the Lions are in a they're in an, in an interesting spot. They're one and one. Heading into the weekend, unlike the uh, next team that was asked about Hawks, are the Pittsburgh Steelers gone to the Super Bowl? And uh, after losing to the Cleveland Browns last night, they're not going to the immediately, moderately okay bowl. Uh, they're fucking terrible. <laughs> Super <laughs> like, shit. They're missing their best player in TJ Watt, who apparently I saw that they have never won if he's been out of the lineup since they drafted him. DJ so, Watt also sounds like a an actual DJ name. Like Watt for power and fucking DJ Watt. Like, all right, sorry. Anyway, continue. <laughs> I just <laughs> They also have Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. So yeah, no, they are they are absolutely oh. boned, but it will make for uh, great U tree videos throughout this entire season. So I am quite happy about that. Um, and in general, Sam, have you paid attention to the NFL at all at the start of this no. year? No, no, I don't even know what the Packers' record is, man. Again, I kind of unplugged from Twitter, and then I, I just like I'm like, oh wow, I don't really care about football. Okay, damn. There you go, everybody. <laughs> uh, if you ask a football question, it's pretty much only me that's going to give a shit. I think at I some point, maybe midway the through bills. the season, maybe when playoffs come around, I'll watch it. But yeah, I'm definitely fair casual than ever. <laughs> You fair weather fan, you. How dare you? I don't even care if the Packers are in. I'll just watch it because that's eh, the only time I'm really interested in football. From our good friend, Broken Wheelchair. One stadium in any sport from any era you would put at the top of your bucket list to see that you have not been to before. Mm. Endo Mills, we'll start it off with you. One stadium, any sport, any era that you could go to, what would it be? Any location? That's the gist, yeah. <laughs> I want to see that. I, a few years ago, I was looking up an assignment for like sports arenas because you do that sometimes. And um, I want to go see the North Korean like stadium that they have there. Apparently, it's like the biggest stadium in the world. It has like, you can well, see like. Okay, let me. What? I'm just saying, who claims it's the biggest stadium in the world? Hey, I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just saying, Trump hands. I'm just, I'm just saying, it, it, they say it's big. Apparently, talk to dolphins too. Yeah. Well, right. there is this gigantic ass stadium, and it might even. I think we're thinking of the same one. Yeah. Um, it is officially the second largest stadium okay. in the world by seating capacity after India's Narendra Modi Stadium, which is fucking gigantic um that has a capacity of 132,000 because i believe it's a cricket stadium and yep. uh yeah uh but yeah north korea that it's it's a fucking gigantic place um it's also corrupt as shit yeah yeah so it's yeah. kind of famous amongst uh wrestling fans like myself because in 1995 uh wcw world championship wrestling went over to North Korea in conjunction with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling and held an event in this stadium in North Korea. Now, the attendance is disputed 
But day one is listed at 165,000. Day two at 190,000. Um, because people had no choice but to go. <laughs> Yeah. For some reason, yeah. I don't know. Uh, people being forced to do something in North Korea? I don't know about that, Chief. Um, that's a really interesting choice. No, because like, you- like I, I was I was thinking about that. This is more like a second turnbuckle kind of conversation to have. Um right. yeah, links to that wherever. Um, but um I, I was thinking that or like something like going to like a real simple answer would be any stadium in Europe for hockey. I'd want to see the HC Davos uh, arena. I want, I'd love to go see that. Yeah. HC Davis. (laughs) I would love to go take a look at that and just see the infrastructure of it. I'd take that one with me too. uh, Cause she loves concrete and she loves all that. Cause she's an engineer. So she'd have a field day as well. I mean, in terms of that, there is one that stands out above the rest. And again, uh, we already mentioned him, a former co-host of this podcast. Each brought this to my attention. The Scandinavium. Maybe the best stadium <laughs> name in uh, <laughs> in really all of professional sports. It's the home of Forlunda in the SHL, <laughs> the Scandinavium. Um, it's it's literally it basically looks like you took the Calgary Saddle Dome and just put it in Sweden. Oh my um, god, it does. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to McDonald's. go there. Yeah, the Wikipedia page, it has a McDonald's, like, either inside yeah. of it or right outside of it. But um, Well, I mean, there you go. You got to have some good European McDonald's. Because I'll tell you what, it's better than American as, McDonald's. As Sin and I discovered what out of mean? pure necessity when we went to Finland, um, the Nordics do better in terms better. of American fast food than American fast food places. They also do everything better. Just saying. That is true. I am... Uh, we we had uh, the best chicken katsu you could ever imagine. Oh man! That uh, during our time there, I still wish I didn't have to go to Finland to have that again. Um, but yeah, I think we told that story on the pod. Just how we uh, we were waiting for a bus at midnight, and it's yeah, like, well, we what's open burger for king. food? And there was a Burger King literally right behind us. Let's yeah. try it. And yeah, no, Finnish Burger King is uh, the the one true Burger King. Not that either of us are a gigantic fan of fast food, but hey, nope. the truth is the truth. You know? Sometimes you just got to have shitty food, though. Like sometimes your brain is and your heart is just like, I just want some shitty food because I man, most of the time I'm trying to eat hella healthy. But other, occasionally I'm just like, I'm just going to eat like shit because I can. <laughs> your favorite stadiums. <laughs> the yeah, one stadium man, you would visit. Oh, uh, I. Either Wrigley Field, just because that's pretty iconic. To stop Mo- to stop Steve Bartman from stopping Moises Alou from catching that ball. Um, or... <sighs> so tough, man. There's so many. There's so many stadiums. <clears throat> there are a lot of stadiums. I would want... Like, I'm going to throw another one in there, too. I want to go to an Oakland A's game in Oakland to see how like bad that arena is because everyone says it's terrible. It's actually pretty good. I loved it, but again, yeah. that's the one I grew up in, so maybe it's a nostalgia factor. I don't know. Definitely, like, I, I think I don't know why everyone hated it. And I was like, it's fucking baseball place. 
it's it's the one stadium left that doesn't have uh, dugout guardrails. Oh yeah, I guess so. My favorite fun fact about that stadium. <laughs> awesome. And then also the bullpens were not; they were just on the side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, honestly, probably like Fenway or something, like some some yeah. kind of like really like treasured ballpark of like, and probably like instead of any era, right? Like I'd probably yeah. want to go back in the day, like you know when baseball was actually good. Um, Catch a Ted Williams home run, you know? Yeah. Ah, bam! Teddy fucking Williams knocks it out of the park. He really got a hold of that one. Okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no. Yep. <laughs> well, Endo, you need to watch Inglorious Bastards, sir. Yeah. Uh, he does. Um, for me, Anyone? I mean, there's there's the big one that I haven't been to yet. I want to go to Anfield, home of Liverpool Football Club. That's the uh, the easy one for me. If I think in terms of um, in terms of North American sports, though, it is very very tough. Um, like the Polo Grounds for baseball, with just how infamous that stadium's been, especially in a video game sense, where it's like oh my God. little league little league home runs to right field are further than they were at the Polo Grounds. <laughs> there's just like some meme or these stadiums like that would be would be pretty yeah. fun to go to uh from daniel nhl teams who missed the playoffs last year that had the greatest chance of making the playoffs this year we'll start covering that in the next two weeks with our season previews that's the way to do it who we think might make the playoffs this year will i will i predict seattle to win their division <laughs> again i might stay tuned for that So our actual last question is from RG Dust. Thoughts on Buffalo Sabres GM Kevin Adams' tenure so far. He just got a contract extension as well. How do you think he's done drafting, considering at one point they had, like, no scouts uh, when he took over? Um, You know, it's, it's an interesting thing for Buffalo, right? Because this time last year, as we were heading into those season preview shows, what were we talking about with the Buffalo Sabres? Do either of you recall? No, they're shit. Shitty ownership. The Jack Eichel situation. Jack Eichel. Yeah. This time last year, it's just what the fuck are they doing with Jack Eichel? Why didn't they let him get the surgery? What the hell is going on there? And in less than a year's time, they have completely, you know, changed the, the topic of conversation regarding that team. Uh, and it started with the Eichel trade. You know, one of the things we were going to talk about later, we could mention it now uh, in terms of captaincy. We were going to mention that um, Winnipeg stripped Blake Wheeler of the C. I don't know if you, either of you have a comment on that, but it's been forever since we've seen a team hmm. actively strip a team captain. But with all the reports about Wheeler, Shifley, and that locker room culture, it's not the most surprising. What, the uh, Sabres what announced is, that they're – go ahead. What is the report? Wheeler, Shifley, is there something between them or are they just shit people? So that was a big thought is that they kind of chased Patrick Line out of town. And that they were, you know, trying to make it clear that, like, it's their locker room and you got to do things their way type of thing. And that there were a lot of reports out at the time uh, in regards to that. Um, obviously, too, you had, uh, you know, a head coaching change in the middle of last season with someone just actively stepping down. Um, it's, it's a bit of a weird spot there. Uh, but obviously yeah. they have a, a new head coach. Who's the, uh, the old head coach. 
Really? I forget the, uh, oh God, yeah, his name is uh, escaping me, but we talked about that on the show as well. Uh, Rick Bonus. You know, we oh had talked God. about his tenure before. You know, he gets fired by Dallas, but he now goes back to Winnipeg when he was the initial or one of the first Jets head coaches back in the 80s, which Jeez, was hilarious. hilarious. Um, but Kevin Adams has been at the helm now of the Buffalo Sabres since, I believe, March of uh, 2021? No, uh, June of 2020. He stepped in as a head coach. So he has been head coach of this team for just over, or excuse me, GM of this team for just over two years. And hard to judge yeah. on the draft picks. It's really hard to judge this early, I think. Um, I would agree. I mean, the uh, let's see, the 2020 NHL draft. He was hired on June 16th. So he's he's been in charge of their last three drafts, um, which includes, you know, a total of 12 NHL games between the prospects. But Jack Quinn, Owen Power, Isaac Rosen, and then this year, Matt Savoy, Noah Ostland, Yuri Kulich, all in the first round. They've done well. Yeah, like projection-wise, it seems good, but then you got to wait and see if the players actually yeah. pan out. Like Owen right. Powers, a, a pretty brainless pick. I mean, you're not everyone's going to pick Owen Powers. Um, so yeah, we'll have to see how the other ones pick. I do like Jack Quinn. I'll see if I'm right about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in general, like it is, it is definitely a bit too early to judge. Um, at the same time, you know, in terms of the whole captaincy thing, I think we've we've talked about him a lot. There's no way Alex Tuck is not going to be named captain of that team. You know, he's he's from the area like he is the guy to be named captain. We saw how that team kind of essentially rallied around him in the aftermath of the Jack Eichel trade. Like Alex Tuck is going to be and I wouldn't be surprised if it happens by the time this podcast is out. It it should have been should have been done already. But Alex Tuck is going to be the captain of the Buffalo Sabres. He should be. Oh, yeah, I think so. Hopefully they're doing like a big ceremony for it. And now that he's not in Vegas anymore, he's definitely a true top sixer. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, get ready for a uh, fine regular season form from Sin in terms of the uh, Vegas Golden Knights chirps. It's going to be good to get back to those. Can't Absolutely. wait. Uh, so, again, thank you everybody for sending in your questions as you do. Of course, the link is in the description to my Discord. The viewer questions section is there if you want to get your questions in for the next couple of shows. Again, as we kind of get back into the regular season swing of things. But the regular season is where we start off today's big topic of conversation because the biggest news probably in the NHL right now is the will they or won't they with the San Jose Sharks in what was supposed to be the start of the NHL regular season with the Global Series in Prague. Uh, The season is supposed to kick off with Nashville and San Jose in Prague on October 7th. However... Uh, for those who do not uh, somehow recall, uh, there is uh, there's a war going on in Europe right now. And the Czech government has apparently told NHL teams to not bring Russian players to this particular event. Uh, the Sharks have responded, specifically new GM Mike Greer, saying uh, all of us go or none of us go. And the Czech native Tomasz Hurdle uh, put out a quote today supporting Greer's statement 
uh, quote, either we all go or no one goes. Uh, we stand behind the team, and especially uh, Barabanov was mentioned specifically. Um, it's a it's a weird situation, you know? I mean, I certainly understand the team aspect. You know, what else do you expect one of the locker room leaders in Tomas Hurdle or the new GM of the team to say in regards to, you know, defending the teammates that are, are there? Um, at the same time, we have seen uh, numerous different countries now mention in regards to players from their country. It's happened in the Czech League. Uh, if you go play in the KHL, for example, you're not getting a call up to the national team in, in any way, shape or form. So it is a continued kind of ongoing thing. I think a lot of people are expecting the Czech government to kind of bend here a little bit. Yeah. But... At the same time, I mean, we'll kind of see what happens. I mean, if you suddenly say, oh, well, the season opener is instead going to be Nashville playing in San Jose. I mean, it's not like those tickets aren't going to sell. So, yeah. I Um, I don't have too much to add, but it's just it's it's interesting, obviously. Like, it's not surprising that we have reached this point. No, and it kind of already happened with but this is different. It's not allowing this is not allowing people who don't even live in Russia to come there because of their ethnicity. Mm. Um yeah. not not so much of we're not going to let these players who actively live in Russia and are from Russia be drafted or whatever or play in certain things. Uh I'm I don't even really have an opinion on it. My my thing like it's again such a complicated situation. Like the only thing I'll mm-hmm. say in is that War is fucking shit, and it always brings out the worst in in everything and and in everyone. Like this right here. I, think, I mean, I think that sums <laughs> it up perfectly. To be honest, yeah, yeah, that's a perfect way to sum it up. I'm just looking right now at the um, <clears throat> the Czech league. Uh, see if there are any like Russian players in there, and there's one Nikita Sherbat. So it's kind of like you're you're willing to have him play in your league, but you can't allow people to technically speaking, do their job as well. You're like, they're still going to recoup financially from this. Like this seems more like a really weird political statement, but then also kind of a slap in the face of Sherback because this, I mean, Mountfield HK isn't playing in this, but still it's some exposure for the, the Czech league itself to have a North American like impact. Mm. It's weird. It's an unfortunate set of circumstances, but again, you know, this is kind of the idea of why countries impose sanctions. It's the idea to make things uh, difficult in other ways to try and force, you know, someone's hand. And you can argue how much does that actually accomplish or not. But we'll see what happens uh, with that, I mean, I do hope for hockey fans in in Prague that I'm sure we're very much looking forward to this, that something still works out for them. Some injuries around the league. Um, really more unfortunate news. First and foremost, we kind of mentioned for the Flyers, it is confirmed that Ryan Ellis is not expected to play again this season. Um, it, it, his career might very well be done. He's only 31 years old. Obviously, it wasn't all that long ago that he was this really one of the most underappreciated. I can't say underrated. Like, I think people knew how good Ryan Ellis, you know, is, was. But at the time, just 
a monster for Nashville. July of 2021, he was traded to the Flyers for Nolan Patrick and Phil Myers. And obviously, we'll be talking about Nolan Patrick here in a second. But it's one of those things where, you know, you, you just talk about really how fucking unfortunate this is. Just to have a, a really goddamn good player who, yeah, again, his career might be over at this stage. Last season, he played in four games, I believe, at the very start of the year. Had five points in those four games. Missed the entirety of the season from there and is expected to miss uh, this season as well. Uh, just brutal and obviously a huge loss for the Flyers. And that might not be their only huge loss because it's rumored that Sean Couturier uh, has a back injury and it's, you know, unconfirmed at this stage, just how bad it is. But you talk about that Flyers team and obviously we'll, we'll break down what that roster looks like over the next two weeks. But you talk about that particular Flyers team and you're without your number one center. And for my money, no disrespect to Ivan Provorov or Travis Sanheim, but the best defenseman on that team, if he's healthy and Ryan Ellis, how many teams can survive their best forward and their best defender not being on the team? While being coached by John Tortorella, they're fucked. Mm. <laughs> that is uh, $14 million in IR, though. So, you know, plenty plenty of money to uh, give Rasmus Ristolainen another pay raise. Vegas is going to trade him Jack Eichel for that $14 million of cap space. <laughs> Well, Vegas, too, is another team that we have to talk about. We already uh, pretty much had it confirmed, but indeed, Robin Leonard is going to be out for the season. Uh, as well, we now know why they traded for Aiden Hill uh, from San Jose, because Laurent Brassois is starting the season injured as well. So Logan Thompson, Aiden Hill, uh, presumably the tandem to start off the season. And we got but, a fourth for him when a team had a desperate need like that, not to matter, not to mention a rival. Yeah, we got a fourth, huh? Congrats. Yeah. Yeah, bullshit. Should have been way more. Nolan Patrick, who was a part of that Ryan Ellis trade, obviously was flipped from Nashville to Vegas for Cody Glass. Nolan Patrick's going to miss the entirety of this season as well. He just turned 24 years old. Second overall pick. He has just 222 career games played. Compared... Compared to Nico Heischer, who went first, who does have 300, um, he missed some injury time as well, or, you know, missed some time due to injury as well. But it's, um, it sucks, man. It sucks because it does look like his career could very well be over. And I mean, you know, you look back at that 2017 draft and the you know amount of games played and and stuff like that and obviously it, it differs depending on when they join the league but you know you, you look at that top five Heischer, Patrick, Haskinen, Makar, Elias Pettersson and one of those things is not like the other and for Nolan Patrick it's pretty much been injuries like the comparison's already out there it's like it's similar because I think in terms of play style, especially when he was with the Brandon Wheat Kings, I've seen the the name Eric Lindros mentioned a lot, but we didn't even get to see Nolan Patrick attempt to be Eric Lindros. Injuries cut him down that much faster. Yeah. Um, you know, his draft year, he was hurt 
very early on. I think he only played, um, I think he played like six games, got hurt, came back. He only played 33 games in his final season in the W. So it's just, it sucks, man. Like I hope his career is not over, but I think at this stage, you know, you might be looking at him going down as kind of one of the biggest what ifs as a, as a second overall pick and someone who was presumed to be the first overall pick until Nico. He had the season he did in his draft year. Yeah. And it's just, it's unfortunate. Like he, like you said, it's like a what if, but like, honestly, on if his career is done in, in a way it is, he's never, ever, ever, ever going to reach the potential uh, that he had. At yeah. most, he's going to be a role player. And with that injury history, do you, do you risk that? I don't know. Like maybe he has this crazy turnaround and he somehow gets healthy. But what history has told us with him is that he cannot escape the injury bug. It's got him by yeah. the balls. And the only thing he's really ever going to be is kind of third liner at best. Yeah. And I mean, this is a guy now where it's like, you know, you think back to like the 2020 season and he was having the migraine issues um, where he was having trouble playing because, again, the lights in the arena would essentially be fucking torturous for him. Um, that season, too, I think he, you know, he took a shot um, like off the side of his helmet and he sat out a couple of games just to kind of play it safe. So, you know, you're talking about someone where it's not necessarily like directly concussion related. But you have those particular injuries. And in terms of what the current injury is now, admittedly, I'm not sure. And it's not worth uh, kind of debating. But yeah, it it sucks, man. It's sad. I think you're right. I mean, there might still be, you know, a career for him. He wouldn't be the first guy taken top three, top five, top ten who ended up being more of a role player. Um, he'd fit in perfectly on the Boston Bruins who love taking first round picks to be bottom sixers. Um, <laughs> I had to throw that in there. Sorry, but God damn. Um, I do wish the best for Nolan Patrick. I'm sure we all do. Um, and the final note was that Andrew Ladd in terms of injuries is also not expected to play this season. Uh, because of that though, there was a condition on the trade where the uh, Arizona Coyotes took on the cap hit of Andrew Ladd. And, you know, for the Islanders to get rid of that cap hit, uh, the condition was this uh, for Ladd. It was future considerations for Ladd, a 2021 second, which became uh, J.J. Moser, which has worked out pretty well for them so far. And in the second round this year, uh, they took Matthias Havlid. The final condition was a third round pick for this upcoming year. The conditions being if Ladd does not play any professional games in the upcoming season. And there you go. <laughs> He's not going to. So uh good bit of business for the Coyotes, unfortunately at the expense of, uh, of Andrew Ladd's career, which the guy's turning 37 in December. Yeah. You know, he was fourth overall in 2004 has had injury issues. I think, you know, his career has kind of uh, gone on longer than a lot of people expected it to be compared to, you know, the days of him doing very, very well. I mean, winning a cup with Chicago in 2010 and then obviously, you know, being on the Winnipeg Jets for a handful of seasons and doing pretty, pretty damn well sure there. So he, he was on Carolina for their cup win, too, wasn't he? Uh, I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Two time yeah. champ. Almost a three time champ. He was nearly there with the uh, with the Islanders, I think, when they made their run. So 
or at the very least he was oh, in the system. Oh, into, into the cup final, the bubble. or the uh, conference finals, yeah. Yeah. I was like, what? When the hell were the Islanders close? I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the conference final run, yeah. So, again, uh, some unfortunate injury news there, but it's, you know, training camp season. We always uh, kind of get that bit of news. And then uh, I've tried to put this off, but, you know, let's let's talk about it now. There were three retirements in the past week in the NHL. Let's start off with Keith Yandel, who retired after 16 seasons in the league. Guy just turned 36 years old. He selected in 2005 by the Phoenix Coyotes. And, of course, this past season beat Doug Jarvis's streak for the longest or most consecutive games played in NHL history with 965. That is a record that I can't imagine will be broken anytime soon just because you continue to get... Like, the game continues to get more and more physical, and we've talked about that. You know, as the game gets faster and more physical, like, you're just going to run into more fluke injuries time and time again. But really, I mean... I don't think we have uh, as much to talk about in terms of you just waxing poetic. So many old heads out there by saying the game's more physical now. All these old heads are like getting all pissed at you right now. You know, like, physicality oh, doesn't mean cheap shots and punching people in the face. Oh yeah, we know, but they don't know that they're too fucking <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Obviously, is they, they were they were agreeing with Jackman for God's sake, or no, Tyson Nash. Sorry. Oh God! Don't oh yeah, me of Tyson. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. God, you just brought back a lot of that in the conversation we had on that and uh, trauma. Oof, <laughs> trauma right there. Oh my God. And with no disrespect to Keith Yandel, he was overshadowed by the two other retirements. PK Subban, at thirty-three years old, has. Uh-huh retired um obviously we talked a lot about this past season where it's clear injuries were catching up the foot speed wasn't quite there we called him out on uh numerous occasions for slew footing to try to keep up in a play it was very obvious that the game had passed pk by which sucks because again the guy's only 33 years old um you know, I know one of the most celebrated clips, of course, that we we would have seen was him absolutely fucking destroying Brad Marchand on that hit, and I, I'm okay with that. I accept that. Um, you know, made it to uh, made it to a cup final with Nashville, fell a little bit short, but while I don't think you know you'll see too many people calling for his on ice career to be Hall of Fame worthy, I do think that one day based on impact on the game, you could see that conversation kind of come up because again, you know, it's the guy's 33 years old. He is set for the next 30, 40 years in terms of being an analyst, whether in the U S with ESPN, maybe someday he jumps up to Sportsnet or TSN in Canada. (laughs) Uh, He's going to be at the forefront of hockey presentation for a very, very long time. I honestly uh, think and, that's what is going to get him in the Hall of Fame. 
think yeah, his that, personality is a builder. Yeah. And yeah. I know you have uh, been quoted before that he is uh, your favorite player. So I will throw it over to you. All I can say as a Bruins fan is I have a massive amount of respect for PK Subban, and it is a shame to see that he's retired. But Endo, I want yeah. your thoughts here. Uh, I mean, I think the writing was kind of on the wall a little bit. I was like in DMs with you guys saying like, well, we're, he did a podcast in Boston. You could be signing like a one-year contract here. And then you guys are like, he's probably not going to. I'm like, there's hope. What if he did? What if he did? Like, you, I want him to keep playing. Um, mm. it, it's it sucks, but it's that's what that's what it's got to be. He's going to be. I think he can make a better contribution off the ice than he can on the ice, and I have a feeling he knows that. And that probably was like one of the decisions as well, leading to like going for retirement. Um, mm. Like, obviously, the game has passed him by a little bit, like you said, but it, it I think it's it's a little bit more than that, because like. The amount of like work and support he's done over the years with charities, with the hospitals in Montreal, stuff in uh, Nashville, did some stuff over in New Jersey as well. It's mm-hmm. it's great to see that someone's like giving out that much and doing so much for other people. It's very like humanitarianism, like philanthropy and all that. Like he's always been someone who's always wanted to give back. And like that goes back with his family too. Like they're very nice people. I've, I've had a chance to like meet some of them because I work with some of them when I was working at, um, at TSN, actually one of his cousins. And it'd be really funny. Like if he gets a job over there too, because it's like, they're just going to work together. It'll be, it'll be really funny to see that dynamic happen, like on live, like broadcasts and everything. Cause they're, they're all very high energy eccentric. And I can't wait to see what happens with, with PK because uh, I know it's going to be entertaining. He's always rubbed me off as like the one uncle, like the one like quirky uncle at every get together. That's just him. Yeah. So best wishes to PK. It's going to be. I know my Instagram feed's going to be like lit up as hell. He's just going to be like, I don't got to play in the season. I'm just going to I'm just going to do whatever the hell I want kind of thing. He's going to be everywhere. In terms yeah. of Instagram, TikTok, like he is going to be everywhere, um, yeah. you know, as one of the most, he, he, you know, he's going from being one of the most marketable players due to his personality, due to his ability at his peak, due to, like you said, his his charitable work. Mm-hmm. And now he gets to bring that personality full time to the forefront of helping, at least for the moment, again, being with ESPN of marketing the game to those in the States. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, PK Subban is still going to be a very, very big part of the hockey world. And rightfully so. I would not be surprised if it was, it was an outbidding war uh, to pick him up on whatever news broadcast or anything. And if TS, I'm going to say this personally, if TSM wants to get back in the good books in terms of hockey, you need to pick him up and use him for either Toronto or for Montreal. Because as much as he's from Toronto, and I'm pretty sure the Montreal media loves him or they want him to come back and all that, but I think it'd be better if he goes between the two. I mean, they you love don't him wanna, now that he's gone. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't want to lose another sports analyst to the U.S. Because unless they're working for TNT, they're not going to use them that well. Because Angel on TNT, like this year, has been amazing. Another clip that circulated was P.K. Subban's Don Cherry impression back in the oh, day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. CBC, I'm telling you, 
if if a, if a Canadian network does not land PK Subban, you mm-hmm. have absolutely dropped the ball, like completely. PK taking over for Coach's Corner. <laughs> that is a fucking license to print money and would probably yeah. piss off some people, which is all the more reason as to why you do it. Right. Um, <laughs> These woke people ruin it, ruin it, put put PK on there. Watch out, Ryan's right. gonna sleuth what you. <laughs> like 100%. I, I think that would be amazing. I 100% think that's the way to go down the road. But again, a, a great career for PK Subban. It's a shame uh, that it's ended. And it brings us to the last retirement for a career that we were starting to think would never end. And that is Boston Bruins legend, Joe former captain, <laughs> 45-year-old Zdeno Chara that's a has fossil. retired. It still hasn't properly sunk in um, because honestly, it kind of felt like he retired. Like I did my morning as a Bruins fan when he left the Bruins. Very similar to when Tom Brady left the Patriots. Granted, I know he wasn't retired, but at the same time, it's like, okay, I, I'm in mourning now over my, my sports loss. There goes my um, boy. There goes my hero. Watch him as he goes. <laughs> Um, like, man, the fact that a six foot nine nice. player was able to play 1,652 games, the most all time of any defenseman is fucking insane. It's impressive. Like that might be the biggest thing that stands out to me is his durability. You know, we've been playing a lot of NBA 2K23 on stream lately twitch.tv forward slash 2k24 and you know the the cool thing that they added for nba in terms of franchise this year is their eras mode it's not perfect i will say um but that's a different subject but you can go back and it's like oh here's the yao ming draft or you know almost 10 years later someone like greg odin gets picked up you know players that just you know, I mean, Greg Oden's case, he never got off the goddamn ground because of injuries. But, you know, someone like Yao Ming, who made such a gigantic, completely pun intended, impact uh, in the game of basketball. Granted, seven foot six, just a little bit bigger. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he didn't his, his body didn't necessarily hold up. You know, he was on the Houston Rockets for less than a decade. So, granted, basketball, whatever, but at the same time, like, that's just Yao running up and down the floor. The motherfucker didn't have to jump to dunk the goddamn ball. Someone like Zdeno Chara at his height, his size, playing professional hockey from 1996 at the NHL level to 2022. Just his durability alone is fucking outrageous. And then you get into just how good he was for the majority of that. And I fully understand that there are going to be some Leafs fans, some Habs fans, maybe some Rangers fans, other rivals who are like, what ability, cheap as fuck, blah, blah, blah. Zidane Chara 
in terms of, uh, I'm going to say, his ability to play right on the line. Right on the line and knowing what he can get away with, what he could not get away with, and how to make the best of his size and skill set. There aren't too many players who had the ability to do that to near perfection like he did. That's another one of my gigantic takeaways. And then you have the fact that, like, flat out, he and Mark Savard signing for the Bruins in the uh, in the 2006 offseason completely turned that team around. They were rudderless, directionless, essentially, after trading Joe Thornton. Fuck you, Sin. Um, it's not, it's your fault, damn it. You, you sent an email back in 2004 and said, trade for Joe Thornton and ruin this stranger's life. And it worked. It's your fault. Yeah. Um, (laughs) it was just, it was just bullying. I was 14. You were 10. I'm just like, fuck this kid. (laughs) Fuck them kids. Quote Michael Michael Jordan Jordan for the win. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Scott. <laughs> um, man, it's it's like I don't know what people expect me to say. It's fucking Zdeno Chara, Norris winner, legend, the captain of the team to win the Stanley yeah, Cup in 2011. He, he only won the Norris once. Very well, Bullshit. It's very rare for someone who plays like him to win the Norris. You know, that's as fair. during his career tra- trajectory. That's when it was really changing and becoming the the home of the offensive defenseman and really yeah i mean because the last few you, years where it's become the land of the two-way defenseman you want that guy who can do go do crazy on offense but they gotta play both ends yeah if you look at the norris winners post 05 lockout lidstrom 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 <laughs> chara keith lidstrom oh keith, and then what? it starts yeah, Duncan Keith won it in uh, twice. He won it in 09-10 and 2013-14. Huh. Okay. Mm. PK won it in 2012-13, by the way. We didn't mention that, and that definitely oh. deserves a shout. But yeah, especially like in the last couple of years. <laughs> Dowdy, Burns, Hedman, Giordano, Yossi, Fox, Makar. Points, 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 right? And I mean, Zidane Chara's career high in points was 52 in 2011-12. Yeah. Compared to uh not a fair comparison, but Kale McCarr had 86 points this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Uh man, it's it's the Dano Chara. Like I could I could wax poetic about the impact that he had on the Boston Bruins all fucking day. Um Cam Neely and the uh, press conference already basically confirmed, like, no one's ever wearing the number 33 again for the Bruins. To no surprise. I mean, again, Patrice Bergeron's 37. No one else is going to wear that number after him either. Um, it's, it's fucking Zidane Chara, man. And again, there was just something about and the fact that... After that, his... the Senators can retire his number two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the Islanders. Washington <laughs> Capitals legend Zidane Chara. Uh, man, if he had gone back to Ottawa instead of Washington, it literally would have gone Islanders sends Bruins sends Winnipeg can just because even <laughs> you never played there, but that doesn't matter to Winnipeg. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> They'll just retire your number. 
<laughs> Winnipeg Jets legend, Zatano Chara. We have a stream oh title. <laughs> oh god. But yeah, I uh like I said, there was just something about this guy being a Bruin. It was it was the perfect fit. And like I said, just in terms of what the Bruins identity was in terms of like trying to recapture the big bad Bruins feeling leading up to that cup run with Lucic and Horton and Sean Thornton and all these heavy hitters. Yeah. I mean, Chara was, was absolutely at the helm of that. Um, It's, and no one else will agree, but Bruins fans, but it is a shame that uh, he was one out of three in terms of the cups that he brought home, but he is a hockey hall of famer without, any discussion i think anybody trying to argue that fact if there is even anybody that would try to argue that fact is just being contrarian for the sake of it it's big man who shoots the puck almost to 110 miles an hour yeah what's not to love (laughs) he was a perennial anytime he was an all-star don't even bother showing up for the slap shot competition (laughs) like unless you're shea weber you're the only guy who can fucking test right. it you know wait 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 was yeah. he there that year that was char there the, the, the year Shane i don't know weber. if char and weber ever went head to head yeah like that's the thing like yeah we missed out on that yeah, we really did and i mean i i know people won't uh won't approve of this statement because it's it's jack edwards but man you can look up zidane Chara highlight reels there are unreal fights there are unreal goals um, I think back to his goal against the uh, the Florida Panthers, the Spinorama, where Jack Edwards called him the that. arena. Yeah, people say he can't be agile. You fucking kidding me? You see that goal? Complete pirouette. The Pop argument geez. is that it was against the Florida Panthers hey, in like listen. 2013, but oh, still. <laughs> listen, everyone celebrated Zegers when he hit his Michigan, and it was on. It was against what's it? The Montreal Canadiens, right? So, uh, yes. Yeah. 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 So I, um, man, Chara's my favorite player of all time. And I think people can understand really above Bergeron. He and Bergeron are up there, man. And again, like there are other players that I loved, right. That are among my favorites of all time. Like, (laughs) dude, I mentioned like, I I have like a weird irrational love for like Adam Deadmarsh for some reason. He was one of my first favorite players but no it comes down to char and bergeron and it might be the recency bias here of this but the bruins like i i don't know what patrice bergeron's career looks like if zidane char is never a boston bruin who knows if he even stays because maybe the bruins don't end up on the course that they end up on if zidane char and mark savard don't come to boston you know yeah fair Man, maybe he could have gotten traded to the Sharks, too. Fuck. You know, that might have been exactly what you needed to push that team over the edge to actually fucking win something. (laughs) Absolutely. A a fucking defensive 2C would have been great, even though Couture was supposed to be that, but he's no Bergeron. Oh, my God. Well, let's, uh, God, so hold on. The 15-16 Sharks, really quickly. That defense in the, let's go for the playoff defense here. Justin Braun, Brent Burns, Brendan Dillon, Paul Martin, Roman Polak, Mark Edward Vlasic. You take out like a, a Roman, no disrespect to Roman Polak, but he was a minus five with no points in 24 playoff games. 
It's not his role to get points, but man, you take out Roman Polak and put Zidane Char in there. Oh, I thought we were talking about the, but yeah. I don't even know if the cap would have been afforded. Oh, you were talking about Bergeron, then yeah, Jesus yeah, Christ. He said he was going to leave, and I was like, yeah, we well, would have traded for him too. <laughs> you imagine, I don't even know how they would have fit it, but their centers would have been, your options would have been Couture, Hurdle, Carlson, Pavelski, Spaling, Spalling, Thornton, Tierney, Tommy Winkles. Yeah, no, Patrice Bergeron would have fit in pretty well there, too. Yeah, we would have had someone who could beat Sidney Crosby's cheating ass in the face-off dot. God damn it. Oh, my God. Would have been the way. So, another sad thing about that, actually, isn't really that sad. It's actually great for um, people who play NHL 23. Um, Zidane Char also signed to be a part of the Alumni Association. Mm. And... EA Sports has an agreement with the with the NHLPA and the Alumni Association that their players are in the game, which yes, means that for the end of time, <laughs> we will be receiving a 99 Zdeno Chara by the time we get to GWC, a.k.a. February. I am ready to be heard again. As someone who doesn't play Hut, I'm not really affected, but mm. I am. I am. Give 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 me the pain. I'm ready for it. Nothing's gonna change. War never changes. <sighs> we could also name the title instead of Winnipeg Jets legend. It could be Zdeno Chara. I love you, but I think Winnipeg Jets legend Zdeno Chara might be one of the best titles too we've weird. ever had. It's just way too weird. Yeah. Oh, one of my favorite. God. Before we move on, I just got to say one of my favorite Chara moments. Was when there was when he intentionally tried to murder Max Pacioretty because he's a fucking piece of garbage. Call the cops. Yes. That? Oh my god. Um, well, that's not the first time a Habs fan has overreacted like that. Remember when uh, Maurice? Rich- <laughs> you guys don't remember, but like Maurice Richard getting a penalty, getting a suspension, and there were riots in the fucking streets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Passionate. Those French. Jesus. Um, anyway, anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. Um, it was I can't. I, I'm pretty sure he was in Boston at the time. Oh, yeah, I'm almost positive it was there. They were playing the Sharks, and we had a guy named Scott Nickel at the time. He's like five foot nine, and mm. uh, Scott Nickel was just a, well the the epitome of waterbug. And he goes in on the forecheck, and he fucking hits Char against the boards, and like didn't really do enough to him, but pushed him against the boards, obviously. And Char looked back at him and smiled <laughs> like that. That was one of the funniest. <laughs> Charm moments was that like it was a smile of amusement but also respect and uh there you go that's that that's that that just sums it up for me that was one of my favorite char moments also in retrospect oh when he beat the brakes off of evander kane after evander mm. kane tried to jump him from behind oh yeah, yeah. oh my god Gosh, it just reminds dude. me of um when the leaves were playing um <laughs> the leaves were playing boston <laughs> back in the um back in the lockout season and their their game plan to like get hit the hit Zidane Chara was for like Phil Kessel to go low and have Joffrey Lupo just hit him on the other side and ragged all over top. <laughs> it's so good. It's a good strategy though. It you know? was. That's, it that's worked, a D3 but we still lost. Strategy right there. God damn. Oh, uh, you know we we've talked. By the way, uh, Sin, you'll be happy to know. Uh, you know, we've talked about fights a lot and whether or not they still have a place in the game and stuff like that. Zidane Chara's last fight 
February 24th, 2022, my birthday, against San Jose's Jeffrey VL. Fuck, that I was, don't remember That this. is going to go down as Chara's final fight, and on HockeyFights.com, the yeah, voting results for who won stands at seven votes for a draw, two votes for a VL win, and 47 votes for a Chara win. <laughs> oh, well, apparently VL didn't do too good. He's a good scrapper, but no, just no one can hit Char. He's got too much reach. He just like holds you, and... mm-hmm. <laughs> like he, he's just holding like... his arms out right now, like down low. It's like this. Like people can't mm-hmm. see my arms, like extended out in front. And he just like he just yeah, I think he's just like open palm slapping you, like fucking boss rooting. Because I'm just looking at the, <laughs> at the punches being thrown right now, and like it's just open palm, open palm. <laughs> He doesn't want to hurt his hands on the helmet. I don't blame him. Mm. Dude, the, mo- the crazy motherfucker fought five times this last season against Patrick Maroon, Yakov Trennan, Mason Jertsen, and Zach McEwen, along with VL. He knew. It, he just keeps fucking. He just keeps fucking fighting. It's ridiculous. Holy. Um, shit. I did find that Evander Kane fight. By the way, um, you'll be happy to know the voting on that on hockey fights. Eleven votes for a draw. Eight votes for a Kane win, one hundred twenty-four votes for a Charlie. Yeah, I feel like the people who are voting for a Kane win just like are just doing it just to see like how few there are on the other side. Oh, God, God bless Sedan Chara. fucking legend. Going to be great yeah. to see him in the Hockey Hall of Fame. And I feel very spoiled as a Bruins fan to kind of know that like two of the best defensemen of all time were Bruins with Chara and Matt Lashoff, Ray Bork. <clears throat> Anyway, uh, with that, let's move on. we got a couple other things to talk about here really quickly as we look to wind down the show. A couple of new contracts, the biggest being Nathan McKinnon for the Colorado Avalanche in what will be the most expensive deal, I do believe, if he ever hits the ice under that deal before somebody else signs something new. McKinnon has one year left on his contract, and then starting next year in 23-24, eight years 12.6 million with a full no movement clause that pays him 100k more against the cap than Connor McDavid. Somebody is bound to get paid more before that contract kicks in, right? I don't oh, necessarily know McKinnon's? who. Yeah. I don't oh, necessarily oh, oh. know who it would be before it kicks in. Hell no. Who the fuck well, do you pay more think. than that? I'm trying to think whose contracts are coming up. Oh, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. There you go. No, they're they're leaving. <laughs> you don't pay them. Um, you know, looking at it, it is unlikely. Um, the best, you like the most hopeful would be like a Debrinket or a Pasternak, but they're not getting over twelve million unless the cap were to really jump. Oh, Trevor Zegers, NHL cover boy, well, you fourteen said million. Let's it kicks go. In, right? Yeah. <laughs> so someone's gonna someone's gonna sign it in the next year. Trevor Zegers. Let's go. Well, oh my doesn't God. he still have entry level off? So it wouldn't it wouldn't be I'm it wouldn't even sure. count till next season. Yeah. His ELC would be expiring after the season. So yeah, yeah, but but then the new one kicks in, so it'd be t- okay. Anyway. I was confused. Signing it's bonus. Mm. Nathan McKinnon, hundred percent worth it. I mean, he's not the captain of the team, but he's the uh the straw that stirs the drink for the Colorado Avalanche and uh Fuck. It's about damn time he gets paid what he's actually worth getting paid. Yes. Yes. Do you guys recall what his current cap hit is, by the way? Uh, 6.25. Endo, you got a guess? 
8.7. No. <laughs> 10 wins. Price is right rules. 6.3. Ah, what? I thought it was 6.25. Whatever. But he yeah, he's, he's been on. It was a seven year deal. 6.3 million per signed in July of 2016. Which at the time, it's like, maybe that's a little bit risky. You know, a lot around that time, a lot of people, <clears throat> Steve Dangle, rightfully so, uh, were questioning Joe Sackick and some of the moves that were being made. Um, that is going to go down in history as one of the best contracts ever signed, especially because yeah. they won the cup this year. <laughs> yeah. And now he gets paid. Now we get, yeah, now he gets the cane treatment and he doesn't need to win again, but they might cause he's way, way better than anyone on the, those Chicago teams. I mean, Rantanen has three years left. If we include this year, Landeskog, by the way, seven by seven is his remaining contract. He's only 29. And then they just re-signed Kale McCarr. He's got five years left, including this year, at just $9 million. And they got... Their, their window's still there. Wait, did... Why did I think Kadri went back to Colorado? He totally didn't. Calgary. No, he didn't. Yeah, thank you. I was like, uh, yeah. I have Anyway, my, my franchise modes are blending together with this. <laughs> uh, in this news like, for like, Endo McKinnon's Mills. in Calgary. Anyway, sorry. McKinnon in Calgary. They wish. This yeah. one's for Endo Mills. A Leafs legend has returned to the NHL. Yay. Nikita Soshnikov, the newest member of the New York Islanders. Oh. I was wondering why this name was in here. I'm like, I don't know this name. I feel like I know it, but I'm like, I don't know it. So this must be a meme. <laughs> yep. Played uh, 70 games for a Leaf, uh, for for the Leafs with 14 points. <laughs> for a Leaf, he played. For a Leaf. He, I mean, let's be honest, 2015 through 2018, I mean. Oh, yeah, they weren't even the Maple Leafs. They were the Maple Leaf. Yeah, they, they really were. <laughs> they were not good enough to pull of Leafs on the ice and gotten better defense <laughs> if you strategically placed them properly. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just, I just thought it was neat to say the name Nikita Soshnikov in 2022. Yeah. And uh yeah, the Edmonton played, Oilers like shit in the A. Holy crap. Oh yeah, his his numbers weren't uh weren't fantastic. Even in the yeah, uh, KHL, his numbers haven't yeah. been fantastic. So good luck to the Islanders. That's a real Lamarello signing. That's your, that's your back one back, offseason move. Noted back to back GM of the year winner Lou Lamarello. <laughs> sure oh, Islanders in the fans. Place. What the fuck? Holy shit. I think uh, he's just so senile that he just sees names he recognizes and is like, yeah, yeah, he's young. <laughs> Sorry, he's 28. It's young, younger than me. Morello <laughs> has the ability to find different names out of names. You know, when you look at the letters and you can come up in your head with like all the different names you could make out of the provided letters. <laughs> he's just dyslexic. <laughs> so he sees Nikita Sashnikov and somehow sees Scott Stevens. Yeah. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> oh, Kulikov. Okay, grab him. Oh, dude, bring back Grabowski, Kuhlman, Parento. Let's do it. Oh, I think man. all of those guys played for the Islanders or had their And they all played for the Islanders. Leafs at one point, too. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, Lamorello just signs people he recognizes. I'm not. Fu- I'm, this is a real thing. God. Absolutely beautiful. Um, keeps and then up, the Oilers. Lou Limoncello for a bit because holy, these are bad choices. But Limoncello is good. Yeah. Shots. He's having too much of it. 
Does Lou Lamorello spike his limoncello? It's already you decide. Um, Jason Demers back from the KHL signed a PTO with the Oilers, as did Jake Vertanen in a completely non-controversial move. Edmonton loves the controversial people. They're like, hey, well, they were cleared in some minor way. Yeah. By a totally not slanted justice system to rich people or, uh, yeah, you know. It was totally given the time to prove his uh, his character is, is that a, you know, a, a positive one and that, you know, he's someone that could step into an NHL lineup and be a good influence in the locker room, you know? Yeah. You know, has a career high of 36 points. Yeah, no, he's that's the yeah. big addition right there. And for any of you with any sort of doubt in your mind and like, oh, well, he was cleared. He's innocent and stuff like this. Let me remind you about someone named Brock Turner, who was literally people watched him rape a girl by a dumpster and he served three months. OK, mm. so next time, you know, you, know, you want a, a trust in. Uh, the court of law process process when it comes to sexual assault, just realize that it's completely fucked until, and until we abolish the patriarchy, it will continue to be fucked. And I won't believe any of these rulings because they're fucked. The Dallas stars, you said it perfectly. The Dallas yeah, stars yeah, acquired defender Nils Lundqvist from the New York Rangers for a 2023. Lundqvist, let's fucking go. No. <laughs> Lundqvist and Ottinger. Let's oh go. God. I can't believe I they traded Lundqvist. I immediately thought of the Sharks signing Svechnikov. Like, hey, <laughs> fuck yeah. We got Svechnikov. Evgeny. Oh. <laughs> oh, wait, he can't Michigan? Fuck. This is guy <laughs> Anaheim, he can. <laughs> he can't Michigan. <laughs> oh, shit. Nils Lundqvist to the Stars from the Rangers for a 2023 first rounder that is top 10 protected. And a 2025 fourth rounder that becomes a third if he accumulates 55 points or more over the next two seasons. Uh, For, yeah, so for the Rangers, he just wasn't quite like the guarantee of you're totally making our lineup. So let's move on from you. And he was a first round pick and they get back a first round pick either in 2023 or 2024. Um, It depends on the outcome of the Stars season. And that's a damn good move for GM Chris Drury. I mean, you know, their defense, as we'll, we'll, as we'll talk about, you know, they got some young guys in there to begin with. You know, we'll see if they, if they hedge their bets for the right player. Believable that they did. For the Dallas Stars, you do get a young defenseman who hasn't necessarily proven himself at the NHL level yet. At the same time, he's 22 years old. He's under contract for these next two years. Why not see if he's that type of guy that can make your lineup and, you know, really kind of take that star's defense to the next level. So base value. Yeah. You would side with the Rangers for likely winning this trade. Time will ultimately tell, but for the moment. Yeah. I don't blame Rangers fans for being happy at all. No, definitely not. I mean, it's kind of a, Eh, like they had so much surplus <laughs> in, in that mm. category for those defensemen who were like on the edge uh, for Dallas. If Lundqvist is solid enough at defense and a Pete DeBoer system, he could do really good. I'm, I'm mm. going to say that from experience. He could do very, very good. Remember, I mean, DeMello is pretty solid, but I mean, remember he, he kind of clung on to a lot of the uh, success that he had, like through the sharks. And then, yeah, 
anyway. Uh, also a weird. <laughs> yeah. Also a weird story in that uh, Ben Bishop, who was LTIR'd by Buffalo after being traded from Dallas, he was wanting to work with the Stars front office this year. The NHL has shot down his ability to do so uh, just because of potentially conflicting interests, even though he's not going to play <laughs> oh, for the Sabres right, at all. LTIR. Yeah. So, bit of a weird one. Um, our final two topics. Do you guys have time to cover both or you want to just cover one of them? Uh, let's cover the one oh. that's actually cool. And which one is that? Oh, I know which one you Come think on. that is. That. Come on. <laughs> you know well, then quickly. I don't care about NHL 23 player ratings. They're rated what they are. They're shit. I play anyway. Terrible. For yeah. The goalie Misery ratings were much. out today. Um, just that. to touch up upon it. Fasilevsky, Shesterk in the top two. That's fine. The one that a lot of people have gotten riled up about is uh, John Gibson still being in the top five. Um, it just leads to the debate of how bad do you think the Ducks have been versus is he actually bad? Is it a good team, bad team? Blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, like Sin said, we, we play anyway. And if uh, you're on Series S or Series X, I'll be changing that. So there you go. Yeah, so people um, can now get mad at your rosters yes. instead. Honestly, I think and it's they just do. people love getting pissed about something. And this is the easiest oh, yeah. thing to get pissed about because they everyone has their own personal biases. Like we all know that the overall system is completely broken. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. So, real goaltenders still better than nineties old. Anyway, like who cares? You just go get the cheese goalie. Yeah. So it was mentioned then the hockey guy on YouTube put out a video, the 2022 misery index, which weights playoff droughts versus success from 2013 to 2022 in his opinion you want to start from the top in terms of the most miserable or towards the bottom in terms of the least because i'm thinking the least yeah the makes least, sense. Yeah, bottom started from the okay. bottom so obviously the least miserable the tampa bay lightning mm-hmm. pittsburgh chicago st louis washington yeah i mean all five of them have won stanley cups in that time makes sense 27th was vegas which i agree with i mean in terms of playoff droughts versus success i mean yeah Yeah. you can't claim that they're miserable no same with boston 26 colorado 25 colorado just winning the cup boston's been a competitor pretty much throughout that entire time frame he puts seattle at 24 which is fair because where else are you really going to put them uh kings rangers preds sharks if it's looking solely at playoff droughts, playoff success, any disagreements there so far as to whether or not any of those teams should be higher? Um, I don't know. The Kings, I guess. The, the, yeah, they haven't won in a while. Oh, it was just twenty thirteen. They had a I cup see. in that in that time yeah, frame. He was looking at in that so. frame. Yeah. The Rangers mm. made the Cup final against the Kings. The Preds made a Cup final. The Sharks made a Cup final. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. I guess. Yeah. 19, Montreal, they had made a cup final. Dallas at 18, made a cup final. Mm-hmm. Minnesota at 17. Huh. You know, I think it's it's tough because, again, if he's solely looking at playoff droughts and, and success, they haven't really had too many playoff droughts necessarily, it feels like. But, boy, have they not had much success. Yeah, they've just been completely unremarkable. Yeah, that's... <laughs> 
<laughs> as harsh as just, that sounds, it's true. Just mid. Very true. Honestly, just mid. That's basically what it is. Like they have pieces and they just happen to the be doing Minnesota Wild. Am I right? Does that take the episode title? It might. <laughs> we'll leave it up to Endo. We'll send the suggestions oh, along. Midis- mm, I th- I'm pretty sure. Uh, <laughs> Blue- <laughs> I say Blue Jackets legend. I was going to say, um, yeah, Winnipeg Jets legend, Zidane Chara. Nashville's hanging a banner of Char up in their rafters right now. <laughs> we played you once. <laughs> oh, Anaheim at 16. I think that's fair. Again, for the most part, they were relatively competitive. I, I feel like the Islanders are too low in this. They have so they're the- 15th. Yeah. Like, why are the Ducks higher than them for less misery? Because the Islanders have been to the conference finals twice in this stretch. Yes. Yeah. So why are they so like, why are they there? That that was one that caught my eye, um, you know, in the early years before Trotz got there. You could definitely say they were pretty miserable. I mean, you had John Tavares and didn't do fuck all with him. But in that time, again, the first season being 2013, uh, they've only missed the playoffs four times in that time frame. Yeah. And with two appearances, I feel like the Ducks have done worse. I think they both made the same amount of conference finals. The Ducks in that time frame, really? Yeah, because they made that. Did they make that one conference final, or was that a second round? It was a second round matchup against Edmonton that they won, right? And then they lost in a conference final, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, Anaheim. Yeah, and then they lost to Nashville. Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's so a I think forgotten that cup year because I was still in a depression from the Sharks losing the year before. Mm. Carolina at 14. They made a conference final, so it's understandable. The Jets at 13, they made a conference final. It's understandable. And then you get into the top 12. Columbus at 12. This is tough for me because... I mean, okay, so the team directly ahead of them is Detroit, which I almost feel like Detroit should be in the top 10 for misery because they were dealing with the aftermath of the streak ending. It's been a rough time for the Red Wings. Sure, the but Blue Jackets as well. Going through 15. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe that's what he was really factoring in there. Yeah. Blue Jackets as well. I mean, not much to speak of outside of the, the Tampa victory, right? And beating... Toronto in the bubble. Sorry for bringing that up. Uh, which wasn't even technically playoffs. That was the play in. So, top 10, number nine, Calgary. See, when I see Wait, Calgary in the top 10, Calgary I can understand 10. it. Yeah. But I'm like, hmm, because nine and 10 are Edmonton and Calgary. I mean, I, I could certainly see it as being miserable because I think Calgary had some frankly competitive teams in that time that just went fucking nowhere. And Edmonton's had Connor McDavid for the vast majority of this time and doesn't have a conference finals appearance. Mm. But in terms of droughts, they've, you know, they've made it the last couple of years. Yeah. Ottawa at eight. I'm surprised they're not higher, but they had a conference final run. Lost to Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. That was in, oh yeah, that was in, wasn't that in 13? So it was like right on the edge. Uh, I think it was, it was more recent. I think it was like 2017. What? Yeah, I think it was the year Nashville went to the final because Chris Kunitz scored the oh, uh, right. yeah, wow. the okay. overtime winner. What am I thinking about in 2013? I don't even know. Hmm. I don't know either. Florida at seven. Oh, that's Florida. I was like, who the fuck is that? Yeah. That's <laughs> weird. Anyway. 
Panthers at seven, I, I can agree with. I mean, you think about prior to the last couple of years, and holy shit, was that team just perennially shit-kicked and nowhere near the playoffs. The one time they did make it, they lost to the Islanders, and that might have even been pre-2013. Hmm. The controversial one. This the is Toronto Maple Leafs at six. Because up till this point, he's had a very clear system. And this one just feels like controversy. I'm going to stick them really low because, yes, from 2013 to 2016, when the hell? I don't know. Was it 2016? All shit. But then they made the playoffs every single year. And that goes against the system that he's been using before that. Sure, they've underperformed. But if they've underperformed, put Edmonton a hell of a lot lower because they have Connor fucking McDavid. Mm. Like, it's, it's a little weird to me that they're this low considering that they've made the playoffs every year. Mm. So the top five, five to one, Philadelphia, New Jersey, Vancouver, Arizona, and Buffalo. I don't think you can dispute Arizona and Buffalo as the top two. No. I think that's, even that's Arizona pretty. Arizona had conference that's... finals. That was 2012, right? Yes. So they just yeah. missed the cut where Mike Smith got into the. And after the, the, after the Mike Smith conference final run against the Kings, shit. Uh-huh. Like all the way through, um, with the exception of the bubble where they had a little bit of success. Um, I don't know, like in a general sense, like again, if he's only looking at those two indicators, I could see it. But in a general sense, are Flyers, Devils, and Canucks fans more miserable than Leafs fans? Oh, it's about, I thought it was just the misery for the teams. Well, like I mean, fan wise, of course, Leafs, they're always miserable. Yeah, we, well, we imagine it, everything. It goes hand in hand with the idea of like the team underperforming and where the fans would would feel that they are at that stage. I don't know. Like to me, it seemed like he had a system of just like where they made the playoffs, how far they went versus, you know, cup wins and stuff like that. And that that all ranking made sense. But then you're yeah. getting to like the weird X factors here of like, well, Toronto, you're, they should be this because of the hype. But like, I mean, again, they've still made the playoffs you know, five years in a row in this same span, mm. which is more than Florida, Calgary, way more than Detroit. Mm. So it's curious to me. I like, think it makes I, for an interesting video. I do highly recommend that everyone goes out and uh, checks it out. But yeah, I was definitely wondering like the thoughts of like, you see the system and the Leafs are at six. Yeah, that didn't click to me because it definitely seemed like everything else was a system, but then all of a sudden you get into bigger conversations, but you got to do that for everyone. I think if you're going to do that and you got to take in all the X factors, which is crazy for a video, that'd be hours long. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing too, is like the Leafs just set a franchise record for most points this year and most mm. wins. Yeah, but, but, right. Yeah. And I guess making the playoffs is part of playoff <clears throat> success versus drought. I mean, that's his whole thing yeah. is playoff success versus drought. Hmm. It's an interesting video idea. I highly recommend people go check it out. Yeah. yeah. At the very least, I thought, well, if we don't want to discuss NHL 23's fucking ratings, because who the hell wants to do that, then that could at least be an interesting little talking point. Gentlemen, we have made it through an off season. We had to go one a week for like the past two months to make it here. Because goddamn... As there has there been some down points in this postseason. And now we actually got to work again, chat. Fuck you. Oh, Shut my God. Out. Yeah. So we <laughs> will be back next week. And it looks like it'll be with training camps open, a return 
the two a week as we'll over the next two weeks get into our break <laughs> episode title um yeah we'll be getting into our twice a week episodes and our little preseason predictions let's see what do we want to start off on on the next show let's see sin pick an eastern division and endo pick a western division for our next show what two divisions are we going to break down Mm. atlantic pacific Mm. all right there you go we'll be covering all three of our favorite teams and where we think they'll be on the next show we hope to see you then endo mills until then what do you got going on buddy i stream every day on twitch i'm probably leaving because twitch has made some weird fucking decisions Uh, um funny enough we didn't talk about this at all today, but Twitch announced that they're going to be cutting back. The, the big one is they're getting rid of gambling streams. Just like, yeah, unsanctioned gambling streams. The other one is that apparently when they made their new statement about how um, uh, peop, uh, partners are only getting 50-50 cuts, the creative director or the, uh, one of the executives who was like against that push left the company like before that announcement went out, which is hilarious and shows that there's a lot of disconnect in the company, whatever. But uh, I'm probably going to be streaming on Twitch and YouTube uh, and no mills. Drop a sub. Help me get to 100 so I can get a custom URL. Uh, four. That's it for me. Oh, you don't have 100 yet? That's terrible. Let me help. Burr. I don't think I've subbed yet. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hold on. I was thinking about it. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I've actually subbed. Oh, that's Edno Mills. What the hell is that? Edno Mills. <laughs> Edno Mills. Edno Mills. Edno. Ed oh, no Mills. Oh, I am subscribed. Okay, good. I feel not bad. Thank you. I was like, oh shit. All right, you should. You I go. If you're featured on my channel, subscribe to Endo Mills on the YouTubes. Do it. Do it yeah. now. Do it now. Do it. Sinski, what do you got going on here over the next little bit? Oh, you know. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. <laughs> doing a draft of glory. Um, already completed the challenge in fucking year seven, which was pretty Damn. hilarious. Mm. And uh, yeah, um, so just still making some videos for it because I'm like, that's too early. Like that's I was doing. I was still at the point where I was doing an, an episode per year, and then I had to do so much editing on that episode because I ended up recording for over two hours, and like towards the end, like my my shit started dropping frames, so everything was out of sync, like the whole video because of that. Oh, that was a horrible horror episode. But uh, yeah, it's uh. It's good stuff. I'm having a blast with it. Still playing Total War Warhammer 3 on the channel as well. Having a blast doing that, of course. And uh, yeah, I'm going to continue to expand uh, on my channel and not just keep pigeonholing myself into NHL or sports in general. And I'm having a, a lot of fun, even though I'm getting like 100 views a video on Total War. It's, I'm, it's again, I'm having a blast with it. I'm passionate about it. So love it if you guys would check that out. Make sure you do that again. Sin for the Win Productions on YouTube. We'll be back next week, everybody. The podcast back in full force. We thank you very much for listening, for watching again. Manscaped code to get 20% off. And we will see you guys at the start of an NHL season. Round three of the Tookie's Take podcast. Will there, in fact, be new hosts? No. No, there won't. Unless, I don't know. Unless one of you two get mad at me in the next week. Unless Crash comes in and makes us the third turnbuckle. Oh, the third turn. <laughs> the, the ultimate stable of us four. Goddamn. 
Listen to the second Turnbuckle podcast as well if you want to hear Crash Andrews and I talk about wrestling. Goodbye. We'll see you next week. Peace. Winnipeg Jets legends. Dana Shaw. Yeah, Get buddy. pegged. <laughs>